Welcome to the StockFam Investor Education Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned investor or one of the millions of people entering the market for the first time, StockFam provides the fundamentals to help you grow your wealth. This is a podcast for investors. We give quality companies the chance to tell their stories while providing you with the tools to invest wisely. If you want to get out in front of the herd instead of being a part of it, join us at StockFam. This episode is part of a series that dives into investment accounts in both Canada and the United States. In this episode of the StockFam Podcast, we provide a comprehensive overview for individuals who are looking to invest within the Canadian Tax-Free Savings Account, or TFSA. We will explain in detail the financial benefits that a TFSA can provide, which will validate why it is the most popular type of investment account for Canadian retail investors. Moreover, we will explore the eligible types of investment products in a TFSA and highlight the government-derived rules that all TFSA account holders should familiarize themselves with. Without further delay, we bring you Canada's Tax-Free Savings Account. The TFSA account was introduced by the Stephen Harper-led Canadian government in 2009 as a way of encouraging Canadians to place a greater focus on long-term investments. Subsequent governments have continued the program into 2021 and it remains a vital investment vehicle for most Canadians. The benefits of investing in a TFSA are numerous, but first and foremost is the shelter it provides from taxation on capital gains. Capital gains are profits from the sale of an investment, and these are taxed yearly by the Canadian government. What makes the TFSA so attractive is that gains made from the sale of any investment within a TFSA are never taxed, making the TFSA unlike any other account in Canada. The flexibility of the TFSA is another major reason for its popularity. Although it is called a tax-free savings account, one should not think of it like a regular savings account in a bank. Regular savings account earn negligible interest currently below 1%. With yearly inflation you are at best breaking even and more likely losing value in your savings account. The TFSA would be better considered a tax-free investment account and the variation of investments you can hold within the account is impressive, including stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, and GICs. Personal real estate holdings cannot be included in a TFSA, but investors can hold shares of real estate investment trust or REITs which are similar to ETFs but for real estate. But before you start planning your entire investment future around this account that seems too good to be true, it is essential to understand the rules put in place by the Canadian government. TFSAs have a limited yearly contribution room, which makes sense. Otherwise, every investing dollar of every Canadian would be safely sheltered from taxation within them. Currently, the maximum contribution amount in 2021 is $6,000. But before you get too discouraged, understand that TFSA contribution room is cumulative rolling over year after year. This means that if you did not contribute to your TFSA in 2020, you actually have $12,000 in contribution room this year, and it goes even further back than that. 
Provided you were 18 years of age in 2009 when the program started and you have never contributed to a TFSA, you actually have a whopping $75,500 in allowable contribution space. Every time you contribute, this cumulative number decreases. For example, if you have only contributed twice, $10,000 in 2015 and another $10,000 in 2019, your remaining contribution space would be $55,500. Another useful aspect of this account is that you may withdraw funds from it at any time with no penalty and as mentioned earlier, zero tax. You may even recontribute the money you withdrew again with no penalty. But an important caveat is that you may only recontribute withdrawn funds in the following calendar year. For example, if my good friend Hammy here has contributed his maximum allowable amount to his TFSA and he withdraws $5,000 in May of 2021, he may not put that $5,000 back into his TFSA until January 1st of 2022 at the earliest. Because of this restriction, many investors withdraw funds near the end of the year so their wait to recontribute is much shorter. Another important consideration is your age relative to this TFSA program. If you turn 18, let's say in 2014, your contribution room begins in that calendar year and not before. So if our good friend, the young investor, were Canadian, he could only begin using his TFSA in the year he turns 18 and only for the $6,000 amount. In 2009, maximum contribution room was set at $5,000 and for most of the early years of the program, it remained that way. In 2015, the conservative government raised the limit to $10,000 in an effort to curry voters' favor ahead of a closely contested election. But once Justin Trudeau and his liberals came to power, that glorious but short-lived limit was reduced back to previous years. So then we have seen an increase to $6,000 to match inflation. It is important to know exactly how much you have contributed to your TFSA because it can be easy to lose track and go over the limit which has consequences with our friends in the government. Let's say you over contributed by $5,000 last year. The government imposes a 1% monthly interest charge on all over contributions so if you didn't notice for an entire year it would cost you 12% or in this case $600. Tracking your TFSA contributions are important and you can at least partially rely on the government to help you with this. If you log into your Canada Revenue Agency or CRA account, you will see the cumulative available contribution room for your TFSA. But be careful as the government only updates this number up to December 31st of the previous year and it is only calculated during tax season. Therefore, it is up to you to personally track all TFSA contributions and withdrawals to make sure you won't be left paying fees. Dividend income is also tax sheltered in a TFSA, provided they are distributed from a Canadian company. Dividends from American companies are subject to a 15% withholding tax imposed by the U.S. government whether they are held in a TFSA or not. 
This doesn't mean that you should avoid dividend-paying stocks south of the border. However, as a 15% tax on the dividend of a great growth company such as Apple is really quite negligible to your investment. If you do hold dividend-paying stocks from any country, I'd recommend setting up a dividend reinvestment plan with your brokerage house. With the DRIP, the dividend funds that are paid into your account are automatically utilized to purchase more shares of the company, all without you needing to do anything. With the long-term focus that the government had in mind for TFSAs, you need to be careful not to day trade in your TFSA. Although there is no hard and fast limit for frequency of trades, day trading should be restricted to a non-registered cash account, as TFSA gains could be flagged by the government if the account is deemed to be used for making multiple daily trades. So if you do like to make multiple trades each day, you should be using a non-registered cash account, such as a cash or margin account. Despite a few restrictions and the need to track your contributions, the TFSA should be a vital part of every Canadian's long-term investment plan. Whether you use it for dividend payers such as Rural Bank, exciting growth stocks such as Tesla or Peak Fintech, or even a combination of stocks, bonds, and ETFs, you have the best chance to grow your money from within the shelter of a TFSA. We hope you enjoyed this content. To hear more educational content as well as our other CEO interviews, please subscribe to the podcast and visit our website at stockfamgroup.com where you will gain full access to all of our free educational platforms. Also, to view the video versions of much of our content, follow us on YouTube at StockFamTV.